Psychedelic Radio. This is Relic Radio Sci-Fi, old-time radio science fiction stories from RelicRadio.com. adventure and excitement in the world of the future. Entertainment for the entire family produced right here in Kalamazoo. Join us now for a voyage into another dimension. A journey into a realm as infinite and limitless as time itself. Our destination, the farthest reaches of the imagination. WMUK Special Projects presents Future Under the World by Frederick Pohl. On the morning of June 15th, Guy Burkhart woke up screaming. It was more real than any other dream he had ever had in his life. He could still feel and hear that sharp, metal-ripping explosion, that searing wave of heat. He sat up. Oh, oh, Mary. Mary. Mary, where are you? Guy, what's wrong? Uh, You're trembling. Oh, well, where were you? In the kitchen, cooking breakfast. What is it? Uh, I I don't know. A dream, I guess. Uh, An explosion. Did you say explosion? Yes. But but that's the dream I had. What? I dreamed there was a big explosion, and then something sort of hit me on the head. Oh, good Lord. Oh, maybe there really was some sort of explosion, and it started as dreaming. Well, there will be an explosion down at your office if you don't hurry and get to work. Burkhart watched to see if there was any evidence of an explosion. There wasn't. If anything, the town looked better than ever. The only thing that seemed strange to Burkhart was the fact that none of the usual crowd was on the bus. He was a little relieved when his old pal, Henry Swanson, finally got on. Uh, excuse me. Oh, Henry. Pardon me, sir. Henry, what's the matter with you? It's me, Guy Burkhart. Burkhart? Uh, sorry, I don't believe we've met. What? Well, Henry, for Pete's sake, it's me. Uh, if you'll excuse me, this is my stop. Well, I'll be. How do you like that? Guy Burkhart got off in front of the gigantic Contro Chemical Building and took the elevator to the 98th floor, where he had worked in the accounting department for 12 years. It wasn't until he was almost at his floor that he realized the speaker was not playing the usual commercials. Friends, are you happy with your present home freezer? Of course not. Well, the answer to your problem is the Feckle Freezer. 
Feckle freezers are better freezers. Most wives would do anything for a Feckle freezer. Friends, are you happy with your present home freezer? Good morning, Miss Holm. Good morning, Mr. Burkhardt. Well, new hairdo, I see, huh? Oh, yes, sir. Do you like it? Well, it makes a lot of difference in your appearance. Uh, Mr. Barthin? No, sir. He had an appointment with Mr. Dorchin of the Human Research Institute. Today? Well, today is the 15th of June. He has to sign the quarterly statement. Said he wouldn't be here. That's mighty peculiar. Yes, sir. Oh, uh, by the way, Miss Holm, what the devil is a feckle freezer? <laughs> a feckle freezer? <laughs> the new copy on the elevator commercial. Barth must have landed another account. Feckle freezer. I really don't know, Mr. Burkhardt. Well, it's a funny day. Can't quite put my finger on it, but there's something strange going on. He couldn't shake the thought out of his mind. It persisted all through the day and through dinner. He was still brooding as he and Mary got ready for bed. Tired, dear? Hmm? Oh, no. Anything wrong? I don't know. Well, I guess I'll get a good night's sleep. Coming? I, uh, I think I'll sit up and read for a while. Good night, darling. Good night, dear. At exactly midnight, Guy Burkhart lapsed into a sudden, deep sleep. On the following morning, he woke up screaming. Oh, oh, oh. Darling, what is it? Uh, What's wrong? Oh, uh, nothing. A a bad dream, I guess. You gave me such a shock. I I seem to be having a a lot of nightmares lately. Really? Yes, the one I had yesterday. And this is the same. A, A big explosion and then nothing. You had a dream yesterday? Well, of course I did. You had the same sort of dream. I? Guy, you're mistaken. I don't remember dreaming. Well, now, Mary, you, you told me that... Guy, you're mistaken. But, Mary... Maybe you dreamed I had a dream. Maybe you... Well, be... yes, I... I might have done that, I suppose. Everything did seem sort of strange yesterday. Oh, that's probably it. You better get dressed, dear. Today is the 15th. That's when the quarterly paper... 15th? Yes. Well, it must have been a dream. Because yesterday was the 15th. Guy Burkhart got up, dressed, ate breakfast, and took the usual bus to work. Once again, everything seemed even brighter and newer than usual. And once again, he was puzzled when he noticed none of the old crowd on the bus. Pardon me, please. Oh, now, look, don't shove, sir. Oh, oh. good morning, Henry. Morning. For God's sake, don't talk to me. Well, what is it? You're being followed or something? Don't you know? I'm sure you remembered. Remembered what? I can't talk. Uh, This is my stop. Uh, Will you excuse me, please? Oh, but Henry... Well, Henry, for Pete's sake. As in yesterday's dream, Guy Burkhart got off at his stop and took the elevator to the 98th floor. The speaker in the elevator purred a new commercial this time. Marlin cigarettes. They're sanitized. 
Does your present cigarette make your throat feel raspy and unpleasant? Marlin cigarettes contain a miraculous new drug which actually gives you the sensation of smooth, creamy smoke. Marlin cigarettes. Marlin cigarettes. He walked down the marble corridor to his office. Good morning, Mr. Burkhardt. Good morning, Miss Holmes. Do you like my new hairdo? Uh, yes. Is uh, Mr. Barth in? Oh, no, sir. He had an, an appointment, appointment with, with Dr. Dorchin at the research institute. I know. You know? Well, I guessed it anyway. And today is the 15th of June, and he won't be here to sign a quarterly statement, and I'm going nuts. Let me have a cigarette, will you? Yes, sir. Try one of these. They're Marlin. I never heard of Marlins before today. What are we, a bunch of guinea pigs? Something wrong, Mr. Burkhardt. Wrong? Perish the thought, Miss Holmes. Perish the thought. He went to his desk and stared at the mail. Before he opened it, he knew that the factory distributor's envelope contained an order for 12 new electronic computers. He knew that the development journal contained an article about a new method of transprinting selective brain circuits of human engineers onto the electric brain circuits of robot engineers to facilitate the operation of automatic factories. He knew that there was a complaint from Feinbeck and Sons about Control Chemical's newest household robot circuit. After a long while, he forced himself to open them. They were exactly as he suspected. Hello? This is Swanson. Henry Swanson. What is it? Do you remember? Remember what? Just remember. All right, now listen, Henry. Let's stop playing games. Yesterday, either I was dreaming or you snubbed me on the bus. Today, the same thing happened. Oh, you do remember. Thank heavens. I thought so when I saw you, but I couldn't be sure. Well, what is it you want? Listen, tomorrow morning when I get off the bus, you get off with me. Be casual. They might be watching. Who may be watching? Swanson? Hello? You buzz, Mr. Burkhardt? Uh, yes, I, I'm still out of cigarettes. Would you buy me a pack of Keltons? Wouldn't you rather have Marlins? I smoke Keltons. But, Mr. Burkhardt, Marlins have that soft, creamy smoke that's so soothing to your throat. Oh, do you really believe that stuff? Well, it's true. I, I wouldn't say this, Mr. Burkhardt, except that... Well, I've gotten to know you pretty well. I've grown to admire you so much. Yeah, I see. Would you mind, Mr. Burkhardt, if I told you that for months now I've wanted to... Well, to comfort you? I know how troubled you've been. Well, you've never mentioned your feelings before, Miss Holmes. April. My first name is April. Oh, that's a pretty name. You see, I do have your welfare at heart. That's why when I see you smoking Kelton's, and I know Marlins are so much better, won't you let me buy some of them for you? Hmm? I suppose so. Why not? Here, bring me a card. Oh, thank you, Mr. Burkhardt. Guy. <laughs> I, I think you ought to go. I'll be back. There was something wrong, something definitely peculiar about what was happening. The call from Henry Swanson, the strange behavior of his secretary, Miss Holm, the new products, the dreams. 
Guy Burkhart went home that night, feeling like a man in a nightmare. Is that you, dear? Yeah, it's me. Did you have a good day? Oh, fair. Oh, before you sit down, will you go down into the cellar and put in a new fuse? The switch in the hall closet blew out. I shut it off. Oh, uh, okay. Supper will be ready in a minute, so don't start fooling around with that old boat hull you've been building. No, I won't. Mary? Yes? Uh, c- come down here. Uh, hurry up. What is it? Well, I, I don't know. I, I'm not sure. I was looking for a fuse, and I thought maybe I'd drop one under the boat hull, so I scratched around, and, and look. Now, uh, let me put the flashlight on here. Here. Well? Well, look, look at the floor. What about the floor? Well, it's supposed to be cement. Well? Well, it's, it's copper. There's a thin layer of cement, but underneath it's metal. Uh, look, look here. Underneath the concrete, more metal. And here, here on the wall, you see? Metal. Metal under the floor, behind the wall, every place. Well, I, I don't really understand. Oh, Mary, I know this sounds crazy, but somebody, for reasons I can't even begin to understand, has taken this house and replaced it with a clever imitation. Guy! Oh, Mary, I, I'm going to look around a little more. Your dinner will be ready. Will you just save it for me. There are a couple of things I've got to figure out. Guy Burkhardt woke up screaming. He dragged himself into the kitchen where his wife, Mary, was preparing breakfast and he discovered that it was still June 15th. Uh, Mary, uh, where's the morning paper? Here, dear. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. June 15th. Better hurry, dear. Today's the day Mr. Bart fills out the quarterly tax return. Uh, no, it isn't. What? He won't be there. He'll be at a meeting with that crackpot Dorchin at the Human Research Institute... Dr. Dorcher? Yeah, he'll be there. And Miss Holm will have a new hairdo, and the elevator will be selling some new product, and Swanson will... What about Swanson? Swanson. He said, I wonder if it's going to be the same today, or if... Guy, what in the world are you talking no, about? Uh, nothing. Never mind. Uh, where's my coat? But you haven't had any breakfast oh, yet. Oh, I don't want to miss my bus. I'll see you tonight. Guy Burkhart got on his bus. There were the same unfamiliar faces, the same unusually new-looking buildings, the same unusually bright sunshine. And on the customary corner, Henry Swanson, pale and introverted, climbed aboard. Excuse me, sir. Oh, that's quite all right. Do you remember the phone call? Yes. Oh, thank heaven. Get off at the next corner and follow me. Where are you going? There's an excavation for a building about a block down. Make sure you aren't followed. I'll go first. Burkhardt, here, behind the fence. Well, all right now, Henry. What's this all about? I'm not sure. At first, I thought perhaps they were Russians. Now I'm beginning to think they're Martians. No humans could have accomplished what they've accomplished. Now, now, wait a minute. Start from the beginning, Henry. What's going on? Look, Burkhardt, peculiar things have been happening to you, right? Oh, yes. A lot of your friends are missing. Your house seems changed. Yes, and something stranger than that. The date. Today is June 15th. 
yet I could swear yesterday was June 15th and the day before that. You've got it, friend. It's always June 15th, and you and I are the only ones who know it. But why, Henry? How? I'm not sure. I think it's some sort of mass hypnosis or something. Oh, but why doesn't it work for us? My wife, Mary, doesn't remember a thing. Somehow, when it happened, they missed us. We were protected from the full force of the rays or whatever they used. Burkhart, where were you on the night of the 14th? About midnight. Mm, let's see. It was Sunday night, huh? Yes. I was down in the cellar under the boat I'm building. I was in my dark room developing some pictures. Well, this just doesn't make any sense to me. Russians, Martians, what makes you think that? I've seen them. Where? At the end of the tunnel. What tunnel? The one they built under the city. A tunnel under the city? Yes, it's made of copper or some alloy. Copper? Now, wait a minute. I found a copper layer under my cellar floor last night. So did I. That's how I discovered it. I found a way to get in, too. It's at the bottom of this excavation. Great Scott. Henry, why don't we tell the police? We can't trust them. Even the police may be Martians in disguise. Oh, come on now. You're being overdramatic. Oh, am I? Well, you just come with me. Where? Into the tunnel. I'll show you. Henry Swanson led Guy Burkhardt through a small hole into the excavation. There, he removed a cut-out piece of metallic substance, and they crawled into a dimly lighted tunnel. They walked for what seemed like two miles until Swanson held his finger to his lips. Shh, we've got to be quiet now. Henry, this is fantastic. But they've got a tunnel right under the whole town. You haven't seen anything yet. There's a room a little farther down. We'll be able to look through a glass in the door. Is it safe? Yes, unless one of them comes along. Now, come on. Okay. Here, Burger. Look through the glass. And just so I know I'm not completely insane, tell me what you see. Good Lord. Well, listen. Tremendous panel with dozens of telescreens. In front of each a robot. They seem to be computing something. Yes, I watched. They're evaluating data on the screens. Have you gotten a chance to look at that data on those screens? No, I've been afraid to go in. There might be a warning circuit somewhere. If we knew what those robots were working on, we could go to the authorities. I'll risk it if you will. All right. It's worth the chance. We're lost anyway. Okay, open the door. So far, so good. Come on, let's take a look at that data. But don't interfere with the robots. Oh, don't worry. Here, let's, let's look at the screen. Now listen to this. Tests in the 47K12 group with Marlin cigarettes pulled 80% using a soft feminine approach. Indications are that an extension of this approach would influence at least 70% nationwide. The direct elevator pitch pulled only 10%. This should be abandoned and a new series of high-persuasion personal elements introduced. Henry, do you know what this means? I haven't the faintest idea. Oh, this is crazy, but it fits the facts when I think about it. Do you know who's behind this? Martians? No, not Martians, Henry. Humans. What? Humans who are interested in developing the perfect propaganda machine. What? I don't know who they are or how they've done it, but somehow they've taken over the city. Hypnosis? Hypnosis, drugs, maybe some kind of ray or something. However they do it, what happens is that they let us live through a single day. And during that day, they pour all kinds of suggestions and propaganda into us. 
And at the end of the day, they evaluate the results to see how we've reacted. And then at midnight, they wash the day out of our minds, and the next morning we start the same day over again with different stimuli. Do you know what that means, Henry? Suppose one man learned how to influence people 100%. Why, in a year he could sell us anything from freezers to political candidates. Wait a minute. Now, we're guinea pigs, Henry. This whole community is one big test tube for Dorchin's propaganda research. What do we do? I don't know. But somehow we've got to get out of this town and get to the FBI. Do you think we can? Well, it's worth a try. Come on. Wait. Huh? What is it? Look, through the door. Someone coming down the tunnel. Hey, we've got to hide. Behind the circuit. Shh. Good Lord. It's Dorchin, the head of the research institute. Quiet. All right, Burkhardt. Come out. We know you're in this room. Miss Holm has informed us that you remember. I must warn you that it's useless to buck us. Come out peacefully. Let our maintenance crew adjust you properly so that you don't remember from one experiment to the next. It will be quite painless. If you don't come out peacefully, we'll have to get you. Henry, take this wrench. When I give the word, jump him. But he might be armed. We have nothing to lose. Very well, I'm coming after you. Now! I killed him! Now wait. Get his coat unbuttoned. Hear if his heart's still beating. Henry? What is it? What's wrong? Look! Underneath his coat. Heaven help us. He's a robot. A humanoid robot designed to look like Dorchin. Come on, let's get out of here. Wait! What's that? It's a loudspeaker. I told you it was useless, gentlemen. Who are you? Dorchin, naturally. The real Dr. Dorchin. What are you trying to do to us? Mainly trying to prevent you from damaging my experiment, gentlemen. You can't get away with this, Dorchin. Sooner or later, somebody is going to get wind of this madness. Really, Burkhardt, you're quite naive. Now, why not be reasonable and let the maintenance crews adjust you? And if I refuse, I suppose you'll kill me. <laughs> that will be quite impossible. Oh? You see, Burkhardt, you're already dead. Dead? You're shocked? It's quite true. You and everyone else in this town were killed by a premature atomic blast. The blast occurred at 7 a.m. on June 15th. That's the last thing imprinted on your minds. That's why you wake up screaming each morning. No, it isn't true. But it is. What I and my associates did was take the brain circuits from your dead bodies store them in electrochemical batteries until we had a chance to rebuild the cities and begin our tests. Do you think I believe a fantastic tale like that? I imagine you find it incredible. Of course, we didn't rebuild everything exactly. After all, it only had to last over a single day, June 15th. At midnight, we turn off the power and wash out the memory of the day. You and your friend Swanson, unfortunately, have defective circuits. You remember. Burkhardt, it's no use. We're trapped. Give up. Not me. But what can we do? We can make a run for it down the tunnel. Come on. I think we made it. Open the door. Oh, no. No, I, I don't believe it. Swanson, look. They were standing on a ledge of smooth, finished metal. At their feet, the ledge dropped away into a chasm so deep they could not see the bottom. 
Beyond was only a glare so bright that their eyes could not stand to look into it. And yet, just at the limit of their vision, something towered. Something so huge it was almost inconceivable. Something. Burkhardt! Yes? This is Dorchin. Now do you understand why it's useless? The great, looming figure moved closer. It seemed to take shape now. And yet it was so gigantic as to be unbelievable. It came closer. The glare was partially blocked. And then Guy Burkhart knew that the huge shape was none other than Dorchin himself. You see how I did it, Burkhart? I took your brain circuits and had them reduced so they could be transferred to tiny humanoid mannequins. That's what you are, Burkhart. A tiny miniature of yourself. In this city, this whole experiment I'm conducting is built on a tabletop. It was the morning of June 15th, and Guy Burkhardt woke up out of a dream, screaming. WMUK Special Projects has presented Tunnel Under the World, a story by Frederick Pohl, adapted for radio by George Leverts. Featured in our cast were Mark Spink as Guy Burkhart, Ruth Heinig as his wife Mary, Dick Atwell as Henry Swanson, Peg Small as the persuasive Miss Holm, and Richard Niesink as the evil Dr. Dorchin. Our narrator was John Phillips. Future Tense is produced and directed by L.A. Siegel. Next, on Future Tense. It's nothing. Good Lord, those kids sound like 50 men with boots. Enjoying these future tense programs and would like to hear more drama on WMUK, please let us know. Address your comments as well as suggestions for future programs to Future Tense, WMUK, Western Michigan University, Kalamazoo, Michigan. The zip code is 49001. This is Gerard McLeod inviting you and your entire family to join us every Monday through Thursday at the same time for Future Tense. Be sure to listen. That's the show for this week, but don't forget there are thousands more like it at relicradio.com. Horror, strange tales, science fiction, crime, all available for free. If you'd like to donate to Relic Radio and help keep it all free, you can do that through the website as well. Visit donate.relicradio.com to find out more and to see the special downloadable sets that are available. My thanks to those who have donated, and thanks for listening today. Talk to you again next week.